and welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on our podcast feed, and for, and for now, for a few more weeks most certainly, on our radio loop here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. For our regular listeners, I apologize. Uh, this is the first show that I am doing, first new show, in nearly a week and a half. We did not do a show on the Friday after Thanksgiving. And last Tuesday, I did not own... Uh, last Tuesday, uh, yeah, just uh, three days ago, this past Tuesday, I did not own a serviceable voice. Um, I uh, every so often, uh, every few years, I, I get a cold. No, this this it wasn't COVID. It wasn't the flu. Uh, there was no great temperature. There was actually, I think I might have even hit a hundred at some point, but that was briefly. Uh, something was in my system. Something maybe bacterial, for all I know. Uh, never had to get to the point of taking antibiotics. I'm glad about that. I don't like the way that works with my voice or the rest of me. Uh, and uh, what I had was something that sounded like uh, a... I, I could have done a Troy Atkins uh, wounded war veteran uh, ad, overdub, and you would have never known the difference. That's That's how deep into my shoes and beneath the ground my voice had traveled by that point. So um, I am grateful uh, for a group of people who I, who I work with and, and meet with regularly. We are a, um, I've, I've never mentioned this before, and I'm gonna be mentioning this more and more, this type of thing, this, this, this other side of who I am and what we do with Center Left Radio besides just the political stories. Um, we have a directed intention group. You might call it a meditation group. And we have, uh, we are among any number of groups around the planet who get together on a fairly regular basis, decide on an object of our intention. It may be getting someone to heal from a particular disease. It may be overcoming a particular obstacle, a problem, some, some thing, some event, some specific uh, an illness, some specific malady, some specific problem encountered in life and family and job and in, in any particular aspect. Uh, and we focus on it and we spend 10 minutes, 10 minutes, as a group, in quiet meditation, focusing on relieving, undoing, what, what, whatever, whatever the, the verb is that's necessary to undo, to, to, to eliminate this obstacle, this problem in that person's life. Nothing more, not, not, going, uh, not going out and finding, uh, you, know, a, uh, uh, you know, an ombudsman or any, ju just meditation and everybody with the identical identical intent sitting for 10 minutes in absolutely quiet meditation 
and focusing on the result for that person that we want to have happen. And, and I, I must tell you, I was the object of a meditation that I, I, I normally would have been a part of it on Wednesday, but uh, th this group focused on me, and I, I, I again, can I, can I give you a, a, a positive, absolute linkage between their meditation and my sudden, and I mean sudden, clearing of a sudden elevation from up around uh, under below ground and and socks and the soles of my shoes sound in my voice now you, you're hearing a little bit of a nasal thing there that's the that's the remnants of a cold but but this 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 deep down there sounding like an al green uh, an unreleased al green record or something just almost spontaneously dissipated and I was pretty much where you hear me right now. Now, now you, you have no audible point of comparison for where I was. But the, the, the change was, I, I would, at a minimum, I would call it dramatic. I don't want to use words any more than that. There's no particular, there is no religious component to this. There is no denominational process. This was purely an energetic act. If I, can, if I can maybe clarify that, we're all linked, and you've heard me say this any number of times. We are all linked energetically. Every atom of every body of every human that has and ever existed and anything that has and does and will or doesn't and, and some parallel uh, dimension exists within the multiverse, the many universes in which uh, we're one of which and within which we are this minuscule part, but, but no less significant than any other minuscule part because it's all about atoms and everything atomic is, there's a, there's a democracy to the size of atoms pretty much. Maybe it, we, we know that in our particular universe, we don't know about every other universe that might be out there. I'm speaking of this stuff as though it's proven fact, no, it's theory but it makes perfect sense to me. And once you get into working at an energetic level, the, the specifics of denomination and religion are nice. You, the, 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 the modalities, the, um, uh, the, the rituals that you may be familiar with if you have a religious background, you can always, always, always fall back on those, relate to those, use that as a mechanism for achieving a meditative state or, or finding your way towards your energetic self. But that energetic self is basically devoid of, and this is the tough part, it's devoid of theological imagery. There are no anthropomorphic gods out there. There are no saints necessary. I mean, you, you may want to go that route if, if that's more comfortable for you. If you, were, if you were part of our energy circle, that might be the way you focus on a particular 
event that you that you combine your energy with everyone else's that may be the road that you need that may that may define the pathways you have to go through to bring your energy to bear with everybody else but there's nothing more but there's no mandated way of doing this there's no uh, sectarian code there's no narrative that you have to embrace no no dicta no rules that you have to work with you simply have to accept and 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 revel in i mean that quite seriously feel understand what it is like just to be connected to other people on the most cellular granular popular word forever of levels and that's what that's where we all begin once we establish once we understand this the the granularity of our connection the, the non-sectarian nature of what joins us, and we understand it to be energetic, and we understand that there are things that we can do with both this knowledge of and embrace of our energetic selves and everyone else's energetic self. It changes, it changes a great deal. It changes a great deal in one's life. It changes a great deal in my life. And it makes it easier, it makes it so much easier to not be absolutely bereft, wrecked at the state of what is going on on a moment by moment, news cycle by news cycle basis in the nation and the world today. I, I heard today uh, that there, there was a, an amazing article, and I, and, I, and I quickly read it before we went, I went on air here this morning. Uh, a guy named, uh, a staff writer for the New York Times, a guy named Ronan Bergman. He, I, I read his stuff before. He's an Israeli fellow. I, I, believe, yeah, I believe he's Israeli. And uh, Bergman is the, is the uh, I think, I, I see the sole author. I, I don't know if he has sole, sole authorship on this. But there was an article, front page article, top of fold article in the Times talking about the fact, proof of the fact, that the Israelis were perfectly aware of what was being planned by Hamas in Gaza for over a year. Because what happened, what happened on October 7th, clearly, it, it, you didn't have a bunch of people wake up one morning and say, hi, we're going to uh, cross the border, kill 1,400 Israelis, murder them, you know, gouge their eyes out, behead babies, uh, make ISIS look like, you know, a, a bunch of British schoolyard kids, and then take 225 hostages back with us and, and, uh, encourage, and, and incur the, the wrath of Israel and uh, blah, 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 blah. They knew all this. But according to this report... And there is verification about this all over the place. And it's being verified by people in the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, and other people in government who are also refu refusing to comment on it at this time. The decision was made to continue focusing on what was happening in the West Bank, in the north, the West Bank of the Jordan River, that area up there, 
where Hezbollah is located, and where, and where Bibi Netanyahu has such a huge amount of his support with settlers who basically have encroached on, on what otherwise would be West Bank territory, building their settlements, keeping them angry, being forceful, focusing everything there, and basically, and again, this is, this is detailed reporting, discounting the possibility that Hamas could ever try to pull off what it pulled off. And this being, besides uh, pure hubris on the part of, of the Netanyahu government and the, and the IDF and other people, them to imagine that, no, they, they'd never, they, they know what we would do. They, they, they felt our wrath before this could never happen. It was also exactly what Bibi Netanyahu needed to do to stay in power. His only source of empowerment was the radicalized people, the radicalized factions of Israel, and a huge part of that was centered on the north in the West Bank community areas and the areas surrounding it and the inappropriate and illegal settlements that have been up there all this time. They knew perfectly well, the IDF and the Netanyahu government knew perfectly well that there was planning going on for what happened in the south in, 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 with, with Hamas out of Gaza on October 7th, but chose to ignore it because out of their hubris, they decided, now Hamas would never, ever try doing something like that. And it was done primarily also because Bibi Netanyahu was facing three criminal counts, and as soon as he's out of office, he's very likely going to be in a docket, and very shortly after that could find himself in a prison. Well, as of right this moment... And most Israelis apparently seem to have known most of what I'm telling you right now. As of this moment, his trust level with the Israeli people is at a remarkable 4%. Okay? This was in the article. Bibi Netanyahu has a trust level among the Israeli people of 4%. We have Israeli friends. We have one friend who just came back from Israel. She was with her mother up in the north in Haifa and, and basically is saying just the, the fear that they live with and what was going on. And she is confirming these feelings about this guy and that Israelis have been basically turning against him more and more over a period of time, but he has manipulated the levers of government and managed with a minority to maintain control and now obviously has the full weight of what happened on his shoulders. Does this make Hamas good guys? No, they are disgustingly bad people. There will always be disgustingly bad people in this world. Does it mean that Hamas has no, no valid grievances? Yes, they have grievances. The, 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 the people of, of, of Gaza have absolutely major grievances worth airing and being, and being dealt with, and the Israelis have an obligation to do this. Yes, there is an obligation to get to a two-state solution. But what's been happening 
what's been happening. In the name of his saving his political skin, Bibi Netanyahu has simply decided or decided to basically ignore Gaza because his strength was in the north. His strength was in the West Bank and everything he was doing there to preserve his political coalition, to keep him in office as long as he can, and basically then, uh, well, now that it has happened, he stays in office, supposedly, as long as he can keep war going in Gaza. If, if, if war stops, if the reality that you're not going to basically be able to destroy Hamas overnight by spending more time destroying what's left of Gaza and maybe finding another tunnel or two or ten, and, and it's not going to happen in any short-term basis, if, if the realization that a rebuilding process is part of the evolution away from Hamas, knowing full well, by the way, that there's no one to fill the gap. If you got rid of Hamas tomorrow, no one fills the gap. That's another known fact. So I have been kind of on the fence about, I, 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 of course, Hamas is wrong. Of course, Israel has a right to defend itself. But understanding the circumstances and really clearly seeing what led to this situation has given me another, I'm forced to reconsider my feeling. No, I am not in the streets with destroy Israel and doing pro-Palestinian marches and defacing anything or anyone uh, somewhere just to make a point and and be understood. No, I'm not into that level of simplisticness. I can't be. I'm, I'm, I'm too old. I, I just, I, I, I can't imagine that these things are simple and they're one-sided. No, no. There are huge mistakes on both sides. But the question is, what do you do now? And marching for Palestinian rights isn't going to solve the problems that Israel is facing at this moment. Yes, Israel must deal with Palestinian rights. But destroying Israel or trying to destroy the state of Israel is not how you're going to assert them. It ain't going to happen that way. It just won't. Israel must have a change of government. And Israel, the faster that happens and the faster an effort to begin what is going to have to be, excuse me, a rebuilding effort in Gaza, not a further destruction of it, The faster, the sooner the world, the sooner the international community gets on board with this notion that Israel is not protecting Israel by tearing down what is left of Gaza, but most likely simply it's Bibi Netanyahu protecting Bibi Netanyahu's ass. Does it sound familiar? Does it sound like anything that America might be confronting at this time? I mean, and, and there's, another, there's another aspect to this, and I'm not going to push this much further. I, w- I want David to come on. He's going to be with us in a few moments. I, I, I don't know where he's going to go this morning. We haven't had any pre-conference on this. The, the whole notion of constantly being angered and upset, and I'm talking about Trump now, every time something out there happens, uh, and he is reprimanded, okay, for example, yesterday, uh, or was it uh, today's Friday, Wednesday, the judge reinstated, in the New, in the New York f- floor, uh, fraud trial case, 
they, the a, a, an appeals court reinstated the gag order. Okay? It's a civil case now. Reinstated the gag order. What does Donald do within minutes of the gag order being reinstated? Goes ahead and defies it. Starts talking about the judge's wife. Goes talking about the clerk. Everything, everything that he wasn't supposed to do. Everything the gag order says he can't do, he does. And the reaction that we, I guess, are supposed to have, that most of us do have, if we're rationalists, ah, how can he get, what, what is it, and, 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 and it's apoplexy. But you see, Donald is living with an internal apoplexy. And, and on one level, we might consider it brilliant that he's able to always find ways to tweak and he's still running around free. Uh, but that's not the real issue. That is completely missing the point. Donald reflexively creates conflict. The conflict is the only thing that prevents, it's the only vehicle that he sees that might somehow maybe, A, extend his uh, trial period uh, for anything other than the financial trial beyond the election and therefore he could get elected in some, I mean, a lot, it, it, these are long, the longest of long shots. But all of that is, is tied into the fear of spending the rest of his life in prison. And so what he's able to do is get us upset. And if we get upset... We resonate with his fear. We are sharing his fear. With, like with our energy group, we share a positive effort to move something in a positive direction. When we react to Donald, we resonate with his fear. A man who knows that if he stops doing what he's doing for a second, will be that much infinitely closer to a jail term. Does this sound like anyone we just discussed in the last few minutes? More than that, it should, be a, it should be a statement of what we must begin doing with ourselves, what I will begin doing with myself. Backing away from reactiveness. Not ignoring it, not ignoring what the guy's doing, but looking to emphasize, accent the positive as the song goes. That's it. This is it. This is, this is the reaction that we require. This is the pushback. This is how we get through all this without losing our own minds and, more importantly, our collective souls. I don't want to take it any further than that right now. What I do want to do is get you ready for David. And again, I apologize, David wasn't, obviously, if I wasn't here last Friday, neither was David. I'm sure there'll be a lot to talk about, a lot this morning. Think about this, though. Energy versus fear. Love versus fear. Love and hope versus fear. Think about it. With a little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio, thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. It's Friday, you already know that. Oh, by the way, it's the 1st of December. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I guess it's officially that month and everything that comes with it, but what comes with it for us today on the 1st of December is... The proverbial question. I guess after a few years, it becomes proverbial. David, what's on your mind? Uh, well, there's a lot going on. Um, and uh, we can talk about it, and you can find more where I talk about it on uh, Twitter at Bases Ideas. No, well, as long as Twitter exists. Um, but let's, uh, let's talk about Twitter for a minute. Yeah. So a couple weeks ago, Elon Musk uh, did his... Most blatant anti-Semitism. He has done multiple anti-Semitisms. Um, he's done a bunch of uh, white supremacy shit. Uh, yeah. Just responding to the worst people online or directly posting Nazi quotes. But this time, we I think we talked about this a little bit. Um, he responded to a guy who was basically saying uh, the Jews did the Great Replacement Theory, which was essentially the thing that the... Um, uh, the guy who shot up the tree of life said. Right, 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 right. Yeah. In response to that, he made a pilgrimage to uh, Israel because, um, and this is the important thing, the the um, the spread of uh, 
Zionism is is talking about oh if you if you are disagree with Israel you're anti-Semitic, which is not how it works for any other country. Nowhere, and no. still, it's also not how it works for, for Israel. Anti-Semitism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Israel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it, it is important to mention that Bibi met with him, and Bibi won't even meet with his um, his own reporters because the people in Israel hate him. Yeah, uh, and I'm hearing that more and more. Well, you've you've heard this morning's uh, newscast, but go on, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but to be clear, Elon Musk going and visiting the site of the Hamas attack doesn't make him less anti-Semitic. Not it just one little makes bit. Him performative. Not one little bit. Um, and also, he's definitely going to kill Twitter before uh, before he fixes it because he was on a stage talking about the advertisers who have rightly pulled. Their ads because Twitter is accessible, because uh, there is no ch- uh, checking of like white supremacists or Nazi accounts or all the hate accounts, and he's like, yeah, just don't don't uh, don't advertise here. It's blackmail, and I don't what, want whatever, it. Whatever, like, whatever, okay. and, and, and just 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 to the side, but I don't want to ruin your, tr- your your train of thought and your train of speech. But there were algorithms that Twitter had at one point before when Musk took over, that had some capacity to do filtering. Those things have been disabled for purposes of Twitter? Uh, more or less. Like, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. Would, he directly allowed, like, actual white supremacists and, and neo-Nazis on. To yeah, the, uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, but go on, I'm sorry. So, you. No, it's fine. That was basically it. It's, it's a disaster that he's destroyed this, this website. It is unconscionable that... Um, Nobody has managed to create a clone of it effectively. Yeah. Uh, Because um, yeah. he's kind of for like a year. Um, and then it is it is worth pointing out that the U.S. government may want to relook into their contracts with him. See, he's also spreading Pizzagate truth or uh, um, commentary, which, you know, for those of you who don't remember 2016, uh, Pizzagate was the, uh, the pre- QAnon theory that um, there was a pizza shop in D.C. D.C. with a tunnel. Well, actually, was in Virginia. That's okay. It was across the river, and it was un. And there was the tunnel. Well, how did it go? The the story. It it had a basement where they would like sacrifice children. Right. Oh, 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 geez. I heard it another version. That I heard that there was a tunnel out of that basement that was used to take the kids to another location where some of them were put in slavery, some of them were adopted, but the remainder were all sacrificed. So, oh, gee, you know, I guess I guess you have to pick your. You, you have to be. You know, you be careful which of you which conspiracy theory you pick up on. And oh, but the what's the important thing about all of that? There was no tunnel, and the guy went in with the gun. Even more important, who was behind it all? Supposedly, who oh, it was uh, 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 Jack Posobiec. And, and, well, and 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 it was attributed to Hillary. Oh yeah, it was attributed to Hillary. Who that was, was the whole point. Hillary it. was supposed to have been somehow connected to this. Yeah, so there, uh, he's doing those stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, which you know was good. Uh, speaking on other uh, useless uh, political stunts, Gavin Newsom debated. Um, Ron DeSantis last night. I did not see it, or I have no knowledge of it whatsoever. Tell me, what happened? I didn't end up watching it, because it's irrelevant. Yeah, of course. Um, they're, they're, the only line that I know from the, the, the debate is probably the most accurate line. 
uh, Deucem was on stage and he opened with, uh, the only thing clear tonight is that neither of the two of us standing here are going to be the nominee for 2024. And he's right. <laughs> and there's two reasons he's right. One, Gavin Newsom isn't running for president. Yeah. And two, Ron DeSantis is running for president, and he was on that debate stage. Like, this would not have – this would have made sense, I don't know, running up to the midterms or – um, in, if Newsom was running in 28 or literally any other time. Yeah. But this, this doing this is entirely because his whole candidacy is designed for Fox News and everybody else hates him. Um, yeah. So this yeah. is a great Fox News hit. Uh, it is a bad idea if you're running for president because you're a chump who's afraid to take on Trump. Yep. Yep. And you know they'll, they'll lose, and they have their their debate like next week, which the last one was awful. Uh, it was it was worse than the second one because the the questions were all which country we're going to go to war with, and then that was basically it. Yeah, which which is ridiculous, and just you know wh- wh- where how big a chunk of red meat can i throw to which which division of the maga base and then, you know it, it gets kind of silly after a while but it's just red meat and it's how do you maintain a minority of a country uh, holding the majority of the country uh, hostage that's what the whole maga thing is all about and this is like and it's just nothing but it's nothing but it's parallel to trump trump himself how do you keep anger and fear and, and dissension going and use it as a mechanism to divert people away from what they would be doing as a majority, a la uh, gun rights, a la, a la you know, stopping gun stuff, uh, a la abortion rights, a la, a la health care, a la a whole bunch of other things? How do you keep anger and fear up there at such a level that everything else gets suppressed and the angriest and the most fearful become increasingly more powerful. That's that's the whole trick. Well, it, we could also talk about some of the other things that's happening. So about two weeks ago, Chip Roy stood on the, the floor of the House and said, can anyone tell me a bill that the Republicans have passed uh, in, so that I can go into my constituents yeah. and tell them something? I remember this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he's still correct. Uh, there is no bill. Um, it is worth mentioning that any time they tweet about something or they complain about something, they have literally done nothing. Like not even to, like not even as a messaging bill. They they don't even have anything there. There's no plan for anything. They'll sit here and go, oh, you know, there's a war on gas. That's why gas prices are so high, even though we're producing more oil than ever before in this country. Um, inflation is it is coming down. We it grew is. at a five percent rate last uh, quarter. Um, the there is no response. They have nothing. Like they don't even have mess. Like the closest they have is like a oh you get to keep your gas stove, which they created into a culture war because they want you to die. Like it, it is yeah. Like it, that it, is the it, it, metaphorically, if not physically, but yeah, okay. No, 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 it it is because the underlying policy decisions come into two tropes. They come into we need to give rich people all of the money and make sure that you work until you die. Or um, if this thing is said by science and it's different than things that we currently have to make you feel better, we're actually against it. Like, 
there's um, there's something going on in Ohio. There's some type of uh, respiratory disease that that people are monitoring, and they're like, oh, well, this is the new COVID variant because it's the election time, which they've now done for every single time. There's some slight new uh, uh, virus that people need to keep track of. They're like, oh, time for an election, time for the, the new virus, which isn't a thing. Like, COVID just happened. And then we responded poorly to it, and that's why it became a big deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they're just like, yep, don't comply, don't listen to the scientists. Um, oh, gas stoves in certain areas increase uh, as asthma. Well, maybe we should start doing something about it. Nope. Uh, they constantly, they occasionally talk about, um, you know, smoking really wasn't that bad for you. Uh, that was a, a, a Tucker thing. Ah, uh, but windmills um, cause cancer. Windmills cause cancer. Right. Uh, the uh, Green New Deal is, is communism and, of course, and climate change of course, doesn't of course, exist. Of course, of course. Um, it's it's just they really do not care for anybody. Um, it is, and then they have nothing. Like their even their their thing is just nonsense. Like the uh, the impeachment. So they they rolled out some impeachment website or something, which. I don't know why they're doing this uh, because they have nothing. Like literally every time they go on to Fox and the Fox hosts are like, hey, um, can you tell us what crimes he did? They're like, we don't know. We're still looking. Can you tell us what policies were changed? They're like, we don't know. We're looking. And the key point is there's nothing because they're uh, – um, their, their website details – I think it's uh, 20 – 2016 to 2019 or something. Yeah. Or maybe it's, and it's when he's not in office. <laughs> he's a private citizen then. And 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 there's still nothing. And, and even in that period, there's absolutely nothing of a of a of a uh, of a legally or certainly a criminally uh, culpable nature happening between him. It's been investigated. It was investigated by uh, by Bill Barr uh, up and down the wall. I mean, this this is all it's it's all bullshit basically. But what they do have, the one thing that they do have, David, I feel, is they have a they have a grasp of fear. They 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 understand how fear is the one thing that they can parlay. It's the one thing that keeps them going. It is the, it is the fuel of what they have. They have nothing politically. They have nothing on a practical level. They have nothing that they're doing for the country. They are at odds with the country, but they have fear, and fear is what their base has become accustomed to consuming, and wouldn't know what to. I, I gather would have a hard time figuring out how to function without it at this point. What we do on our end, I think is we, we amplify it to some extent, you and I and others, maybe not as much as others, you and I, uh, we, our getting, getting crazed by their crazedness has a resonating effect. And in fact, no, I, I'll, I'll say I'm more on that ilk than you. You, you. you tend to take a very, you are more measured. You basically are telling the facts as you see them. You're, you're, a, you're a wonk as far as that goes. And that's, that, that's your great advantage, that you get into the, the granular and you do your research and you know what's going on. And so you can speak of the stupidity and the ignorance without having to just react to the infuriating aspects of it. But too many of us on the left 
are, are, are being uh, blown away day by day by, by our own anger, you know, about these things. And we've got to be careful about that. Right. And there's, there's something else. Like, we, we, there's this two parts to this. There's this idea in the election that, oh, Biden and Trump are the same, which just not like, like Joe Biden has really done nothing, which just on a practical level is it is so ridiculous. But, it, but it's an easy, it's but, even, but if you can make that equation in the minds of people, then they'll go off and do anything else. It's like, well, who the cares? The other thing then? is, this is something that the, the entire Biden administration needs to do. They need to lay out what they plan to do. Like it, like in theory, because of who Trump is and what he believes and what his or, or uh, tends to believe in, what what he plans and has openly said he wants to do, it should be an open and shut case of who you should vote for. Yeah, sure. But it should be having more than a other guy bad, or even though he is incredibly bad. You just have some policies, advocate for some of the things you're going to do, like bringing back the child tax credit. Um, getting rid of, I, I don't know, some type of national renters uh, uh, law. Because that's that's one of the biggest things that's going to get uh, gen, um, younger people is, is yeah. dealing with the, yeah. Yeah. Um, the spike in rent. Just start pushing for what you're going to run on in 24. Like, it's really cool that you did, like, point out, like, oh, yeah, he wants to get rid of uh, health care. Okay, but you promised trying to do a... a uh, um, wasn't single payer a whatever he he argued for his um his healthcare plan and then he didn't do anything about it like he didn't they didn't even talk about it like it's the Obamacare is not perfect we 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 still pay more than anybody else in the, in the world absolutely we still get less healthcare than anybody else um for what we pay drugs are still too damn expensive your your policy is well good doesn't kick in till twenty six um. Point to things that you're going to do to make things better. That's what they need to say. Is, is there, and now I'm just talking political strategy here, is it a timing issue? Is it is it a question that the Democrats are still looking at this from a kind of a traditional uh, campaign perspective and saying you don't want to release your big guns this early on because it'll all turn into a din after a while? And it's already a well. You know, the, the lies are a din, but then there's going to be there's going to be the convictions. And once the convictions come, and once all the stuff starts coming out in the criminal trials, and once Donald is absolutely bloodied and bruised uh, as a result of that, no matter what he tries to do and yell and scream and whatever revenge he says, that's the moment when you begin really pushing what's what you've done. And and make sure that that's happening within three four months of the election. Does that does that I've heard that. Does that make any sense, or do you have to do you have to get into the thick of it right now? And and it, can you use reality versus the fantasy that is out there? Is is it is it a reasonable weapon? Is it the same playing field even? You don't have to get into the thick of it. Just start putting out. Here's what I'm going to do. And just repeat it as a slogan. The Republicans retook the House without literally a single plan for yeah. any of the problems they complained yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. a year later, they still don't have a single plan for any of the problems that they complain about. Yeah, um, yeah. Just start pointing out what you're going to do. 
figure out and then later when people start pressing you on it you can decide the details but yeah just start pointing out the differences I, I, you don't you, need to get you know the old the old rule of giving a presentation or doing a sales presentation or any presentation I, and i did hundreds of these things uh, you know as uh, when i was in my uh, vp of marketing communications days uh, with different companies it was tell them what you're going to tell them tell them and then tell them what you told them. That, that's how you, it was a three-part process. But you had to begin anything by telling them, giving them sort of a thumbnail sketch of what you're, how you sell. You sell by giving people an idea of what you're going to sell them, then do the sell, and then remind them of what you sold them. But it's always those three parts, and what you're talking about I feel, is a perfect analogy to part one. Tell them what you're going to tell them. And it is, it is ancient, ancient sales strategy. And I would think that there must be at least one or two people somewhere within the uh, communications division of the White House or the, or the DNC or the DNCCC or whatever, wherever, add your C's, that 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 remembers those old simple rules that are you know that that govern how human beings react to this but it becomes a question of why don't we see it that way why don't we see it in a more organized way um, and the other thing to it is regardless of what he promises he's not going to complete it all that and any person no who's politician like, yeah, ever does complete no, all his promises that literally there there's no way for him to do that like unless they end up with 65 votes in the Senate and like 30 well, extra House seats. But you have to, but you, but, but, but still, I go back, I go back to your, to, to what you were saying or what I was saying about what you were saying. You must give people this vision, this image. That's what the whole point of tell them what you're going to tell them. Well, tell them what I believe the country should look like broadly. And then when pressed, just to use your statement, then we start doing the details. And, and, and that's parts one and two. Part three would be a closing arguments during a, uh, a campaign, essentially. But, but you're right. you got to start giving people some image, knowing full well, and everybody knows full well, that we're not going to get it all done. But you give them, well, you know, if you guys were with me on this, if we could get the Senate, if we could get blah, 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 what not this what we really want in America? Isn't this something we could aim for? Or should we just kind of throw up our hands and say it could never happen? No. We want this. Dreams, America, the idea of what we could have, the possibilities of America, the potential for what we can be and become. That's always been a winning way of doing things. Right now, the potential is all on the downside because the messaging what, that we hear most of the time is the hatred and the sickness and the illness and the Trumpism and everything else. And Donald's already preparing us all uh, for uh, uh, his challenge of his convictions, uh, you know, and as he once again violates his uh, gag order. And now he's going after the judge's wife and back after the clerk and blah, blah, blah. And it's like witch hunt, blah, blah, blah. And the same thing he did in 2020 with the election. Prepared everybody in advance. Said basically, well, you know, I'm, I know it's going to happen here. It's gonna, as soon as he realized that the, that the odds are stacked against him, as soon as he knows he's going to lose, so he begins that expectation. Well, we can create our own expectations as well, and it's just a question of of when and how. 
David, what else you got for me? Um, that's really it for today. That's, I, that's, that's plenty. That's plenty to chew on, and I really appreciate it, man. Um, lots to think about there. There's, we, we, we are not victims of Donald Trump. We are victims. We are victims of the Republicans. We are victims of them only if we basically believe or actually imagine that we're going to defeat them on their playing field because they don't have a playing field. They have, they have basically, uh, they have a, a sort of, a, it's an asymmetrical warfare that they've set up and part of it's taking place among themselves, part of it is taking place with the country, part of it's taking place with the world. We have to have hope and an image of what America can be, and I think that we're within a position to be able to, to still do that. Uh, but as, as David was saying, we're kind of waiting to hear a slightly more cohesive version of the democratic image for America. It hasn't quite materialized, certainly not on a consistent level. It's a knee-jerk reaction sometimes. The one thing you can count on with the Republicans is a perpetual uh, uh, relaying of, of, of grievance and anger because they know of nothing else at this point. But then again, it's because Donald's all they got and Donald's not much to grab onto. Don't hitch your wagon to that star, folks. Uh, that star is fading. But in any event, <laughs> he said... What he, what, what he wants to say, what he's trying to get to a point of saying, oh, I'll just say it, a little jazz.
You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. Trump pushes back. He defies. He goes against every norm. He defies every restraining order. He, de- he defies every gag order. And we get crazed and we get nuts, and, and that's how we react. No, we can't react to him that way. That's his fearfulness acting. We must tell the truth about him, but with hope in our hearts, not fear. And that will make all the difference.